A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend, expect nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be called children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. To you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. The lectionary has given us a picture of what this looks like in the reading from 1 Samuel. David said, Today, though the Lord delivered you into my grasp, I would not harm the Lord's anointed. A little background. Saul, the first of three kings in Israel, was a disaster as kings go. So God sent Samuel to anoint David as king, or rather, the future king, since Saul was still the reigning king. On two occasions, when David was playing the harp to calm the king, Saul threw his spear at David, hoping to pin him to the wall. The same spear, by the way, that Abishai wanted to use to pin the king to the ground. So David certainly had cause. And Saul went down to the desert of Ziph in search for David, because he was trying to kill him. David spares the king's life in today's reading, although he could have killed him. But I'm wondering what David was doing when he snuck into the camp. The text doesn't give any explanation about why David went there in the first place. I think he went there to kill the king. Which leaves me wondering, what changed? It doesn't sound very practical to hear these two words, love and enemy, occupying the very same sentence. We fear our enemies, and with good reason. They're out to get us. That's why we're enemies. To imagine loving them makes me nervous, to say the least. 
Are we supposed to make peace with them? What if they don't want peace? Or what if the terms of peace are unacceptable? How are we supposed to forgive all the awful things they did to us, and how are they supposed to forgive all the awful things we did to them? When Jesus says to love your enemies, I think he is challenging us to meet them, to get to know them for who they are rather than who we imagine them to be. Genuine meeting leads to love. In the 23rd Psalm, when David walks in the valley of the shadow of death, he suddenly realizes he is not alone. You are with me. The next line is, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This table that God sets before you is not a banquet table. This is a table of meeting. Rabbi Rami Shapiro says that this table is the place toward which God has been shepherding you all along. If you're going to be a blessing, it must happen here with your enemies. If you're going to be a liberator, it is to those locked in the narrow place of opposition that you first must set free. The word that David uses for enemies is the same root word in Hebrew as the word for Egypt, Mitzrayim. Egypt is the narrow place, and enemies are those who narrow you, constrain or enslave you. Anything that denies and diminishes your true nature as the image of God. These are the forces you are to meet at this table. What do you do at this table of meeting? David doesn't say. Indeed, he cannot say, for there's no script for authentic encounter. There can be no formula for liberating self and other. True meeting happens in that place of not knowing the place where you cannot hide behind past hurts or present fears, but must come out of hiding and be present to what is. And what is, is always another suffering soul, another person, or perhaps another aspect of yourself that is trapped, broken, fearful, and longing for love. When you meet the other, and see her or his vulnerability, you discover your own as well. Suddenly there is nothing to fear or defend. There are only tears to shed and broken hearts to mend. If you dare to take your place at this table, you will know what to do. When David came upon Saul asleep in the camp, he stood over his enemy, who was within his grasp. A single thrust of the spear would pin the king to the ground. The reigning king, tormented and insecure, asleep on the ground, and the future king, capable of great good and great deception and sin, stands beside him. When he looked upon Saul, I think David saw himself. Who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? But remember, David too is the Lord's anointed. Love your enemies and do good to them. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For God himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. 
Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Mercy is at the heart of the gospel, for mercy or tender compassion is God's most distinctive characteristic. The story of extravagant mercy in the Gospel of Luke is the story we call the Good Samaritan. But to a Jew, there is no Good Samaritan, only the hated Samaritan, the one who showed mercy, the one who came to our aid, was our enemy. Jesus told the parable as an answer to the question posed by a lawyer who wanted to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. He gave the right answer. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and mind and soul and your neighbor as yourself. Notice, it does not say, love your neighbor as you love yourself, but rather, love your neighbor as yourself. The beginning of wisdom is to recognize that there is no separation between us. We are all one in God. When we know this, all that remains is for us to live it.